Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Hey, welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Goose Mills, and I've got with me today Dusty Shadow Parker and uh, guest today, Chris Knuckles Luck. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up? Oh, hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? Good, man. Good to have you here with us today. Um, so I'm excited about this podcast just personally just having this conversation with you. I've been dying to just sit down and talk with you, get together for lunch or coffee, um, just to get to know you better and hear your story better. And then we were like, well, let's just record it while we're talking. So, uh, I think this is going to be awesome, uh, both for myself and the listener, but, uh, Chris is, or knuckles. He's from Zulu tribe, which is, uh, down in Hopewell, Virginia. Uh, Chris, the first question we're all dying to know is how did you get the call sign knuckles? So the call sign knuckles, um, there's a brother Todd that, uh, is in Zulu tribe. I think he's been up to Delta a couple times. Yeah. Um, he was locked up and things like that, uh, for a little bit, but, um, Todd and I used to run together. So when I was in the hell's angels, um, Todd and I worked on similar projects together. Uh, he was an electrician. I'm an electrician. And, um, we worked at a company in Chesterfield, out in uh yorktown power plant and um todd and i have a we have a a very um i would say a diverse background not in a good way um <laughs> how i would put it but uh todd um todd is the one that brought that up because todd and i actually lived together for uh a couple months at my dad's house and i had a speed bag in the uh, basement and I was always good on the speed bag, hitting the speed bag and everything. And that's one thing that he saw. I also, in my previous, not previous life, but back in my, you know, crazy days, had a little bit of a violent side and that came with a lot of fighting and things like that. He never saw any of the fighting. He saw the attitude side and things like that when I was in the club, when we um, were working out of town and things like that. Uh, Todd saw that. But the whole knuckles thing came from just, I had a heavy bag and a speed bag down in the basement. And he'd come downstairs and I'd be hitting speed bag, working out and things like that. And, you know, that's why Todd came up with that one. So I love it. That's awesome. Nice. A little boxing, a little scrapping. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. Those days are gone. Those days are done. <laughs> so for the most part, but. Uh, so uh, we didn't know if it was like a Sonic the Hedgehog reference or not. I don't, even, I don't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> that was for the, the younger audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where are you from originally, man? From Colonial Heights. Okay. Um, lived there till I was about 12 years old. We moved to Germany. My mom got remarried to a guy that was in the military, um, in the army. We moved to Giebelstadt, Germany, which is near Würzburg. It's in Bayern. Was there for about three years. And then um, we came back to Colonial Heights. He got stationed at Fort Lee. And then I live in Dinwoody County now. Um, so I was in Colonial Heights, 19. 20 years old, moved up to Sandston, bounced around a little bit. Um, and now I'm out in Dinwiddie County now. How long did you live in Germany? Uh, three years. Okay. What what age were you there? 13 to 16, like 13 to almost 16. Years oh old. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't help out with some things. So. <laughs> that's a crazy time to, uh, you know, that's like, that's like going from boyhood to manhood. Yeah. Those years. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Germany, what's, 13, the drink, what's the drinking agent? One. Germany. One, yeah. yeah so it's it's very lenient i, I think yeah. people would say 16 i think if i'm saying i don't know if i'm 100 accurate yeah you never cared to check so you, Germany. yeah so i was at the end of at the end of soccer games i played soccer so at right. the end of soccer games what they would do um if we won they'd have they take coke and mix it with a beer and nice. all the players would be down there you know drinking throwing it around and things like that and we were 13 14 years old doing that coke um, with beer yeah yeah mm, it's dude. like it was i forgot what it's called it's they have some german term i'm sure it, yeah. but uh 
That's yeah. cool, man. I didn't know you were a soccer player. Yeah. Well, I, do they call it football out there? Or is it yeah, so it's football. Yeah. Yeah. I was a baseball player when I went there, but yeah. uh, baseball is not too good. And people are not too good. It wasn't too competitive. Yeah. There, so. Is soccer out there kind of like rugby? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of tough out there. I would say I would say you have to be tough. It gets crazy out there. Yeah. You have to be tough after the matches because the fans yeah, are right. nuts. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you did most of your most of your growing up other than the uh, three years in Germany right here in Virginia. Yeah, right here in Virginia. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you do now? Tell us a little bit about what your life's like now. What do you do? Family, uh, job, that kind of stuff. So my job, uh, I work down at Microsoft. I'm an energy marshal, uh, similar to electrical engineer. I'm kind of, a lot of people would call me a safety cop on the electrical side. So yeah. people kind of get pissed off sometimes. Yeah. And But I'm in uh I'm in charge of like lockout, tag out, electrical safety standards, things like that. Um, and then family wise, I have a wife named Barbara, um, two daughters. We just had our youngest daughter August 9th. Yeah, uh, man. Our buffet. Yeah, so. we postponed Congrats. the uh, podcast for you. Yeah, right. Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations, bro. Yeah, that's the Lord's style, but I can't yeah, help that one. That was fantastic, man. That was so exciting. So three now. Yeah. Well. Three. Three daughters? No, I got two. Two, two, two daughters. total. Yeah. Okay. I hope there's not a third one out there. <laughs> <laughs> All be, right. How, how old's the oldest? Uh, 17 months. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so. Like, Irish twins. Are getting it done. Yeah, last night, man. Uh, <laughs> those last couple nights, the oldest has been just crazy in the middle of the night. Yeah. Wow, you guys are right in the thick of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You going to have more? Uh, I don't. What we're thinking. So, she had some. I might no major complications from the pregnancy, but yeah. there are some things that we're worried about. So her and I had a conversation about adoption. Uh, like, oh man, maybe trying to go that route or fostering or something like that. Cause he, yeah. we know the adoption route, I mean, all that that's, yeah, that's a, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of money and things yeah. like that. There's a lot of things that we could do better as a society to help out people adopt for sure. But, um, man, that's so cool. Just hearing that you have a heart for that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I've, I've adopted, we have adopted, you know, my family. We have two adopted daughters. Yeah. I'd love to talk with you more about that. We should just talk adoption sometime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And how God just opens up doors to provide for people that have a heart for adoption. Yeah. I think that heart came from um I'm fortunate enough. I, I worked at Facebook before Microsoft and there was a security officer. He worked in the school system in Richmond. But um I go up to Mosby Court every now and again and help out in that area with like um, underprivileged kids and things. Right. And, um, man, I just see what some of those kids have to go through. So I, you know, I would love to adopt some, you know, it, a mother, let's say a mother that wanted to give their kid up for abortion or something like that. And right. now they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put the kid up for yeah. adoption. Yep. You know, I, I'd love to help out in that area. So. Yeah. That's great. Cool. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about some of your, your testimony, your story. How did you find, um, both, I guess, kind of a two-part question here. Tell us just like how you found uh, Men's Alliance. Tell us how you found Christ. Okay. So um, Christ was probably, I would say, almost two years ago. Um, man, I was, before that, I was in the club and stuff like that. I got out the club, and we can get more into that uh, story. But I got out the club, and I was still living the club lifestyle. So not much changed. I was just away from the guys in the club. was still drinking a lot. Um, I know what you're talking about, but just for our listeners, when you say the club. Yeah, the Hells Angels. Yeah. I was in the Hells Angels um, motorcycle club from, I always got to go look at the dates on my arm from <laughs> 2013 to 2015. It was two and a half years. Um, prospected for a year, so three and a half years altogether. Then I was in a support club before that, and then a friend club of the Hells Angels prior to that support club. So, um, yeah, but I what happened was I got out of the club and still lived the club lifestyle. Like, nothing changed. Um same old dude um was out there just doing my own thing hanging out with guys from high school um guys in the community partying you know doing drugs alcohol things like that uh chasing women um ended up meeting my wife not long afterwards um and we started dating uh she would she would say that she was a professing believer um she's probably she will tell you now, hundred percent, that she was not. She her faith. She was a believer, right? Everybody, uh, even if demons believe in shudder, but she yeah. would, she would sit there and tell you right now that you know back then I was not a believer. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing that Christ was able to do uh, 
through me and you know and our marriage and things like that was strengthen one another uh, which is which was great but um anyways so i i got I remember getting drunk one night man i got man I, I was real drunk got in the car i was trying to go pick up some drugs um i was gonna go to hopewell and um turn back around the wife the wife left that night and then um you know, we got a major argument at the house at, um, you know, all over the phone, going back and forth. She went and stayed up with her mom that night. And um, she came back the next day. Um, and sometime during that week, and she probably can tell you the story better than I can, but I, I, I randomly came up to her and I was like, we got to go to church. I said, we got to go to church and we got to go to the church I go to is Western Heights Baptist. I was like, isn't there a church on Cox Road in Dinwoody County that, um, that uh you have two friends i go to two friends is austin and jason and uh she was like yeah and i was like well we got to go we got to start going and um like no people some people might think this is crazy but it, i was not a guy i had my middle finger up at god for a yeah. long for majority of my life and i had this idea like in playing it i'm not gonna say it's irresistible grace or anything like that but you know i think i still had a choice but i had this idea implanted inside of my head to where hey man um this is where you need to be at. And this is what you need to do. And her and I talked. And I remember that first Sunday when we were trying to go to church, woke up, typical old me, um, got in an argument over like clothes or something, man. Like I thought I had to go to church dressed in a nice shirt, yeah. some khaki pants, things like that, or like a suit. And, right. you know, everything was uh, not in the order that I wanted it in. But we went and completely changed my life. So Holy smokes. Yeah. So you got out of the club before you found, uh, before you came to Christ? Yeah, yeah. What was the, uh, so I guess you didn't get out because, you found, you know, because no, you no, found Christ. No. So do you want to get into the reasons? I do have another. Do you want to get into the reasons why you got out of the club? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind any of that. So, man, so like with anything in life, before you, before you, you come to know Christ, right? Um, mm -hmm. You're trying to chase different things. Fulfillment, right? right? What what can satisfy me? Um, at the end of my high school, um, in a high school career and things like that, my education, um, I would say I was kind of like the class clown, popular and things like that. Like I, I had a group, a tight group of guys, went off to college for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, we came back, got with the same group of guys, man. We'd, we'd run the streets partying and things like that. Right. Um, them dudes started getting their lives together. Some of them went off the, you know, uh, military, Marines, Army, things like that. Yeah. Uh, some of them got married, had kids, settled down. I still wanted to live that same old lifestyle. Hey, yeah. party, party, party. So I was down at a bar in Petersburg, um, had a bike and everything. Me and this dude, I think Sons of Anarchy might have been out at the time. I yeah. think. So we were watching things like that, and we're like, man, let's get in the motorcycle club. Yeah. So we started – um. We went down there. There was this girl that worked at a bar. She knew a lot of the bikers and everything. And uh, she introduced us to a club called the Desperados. Mm. They're out of North Carolina and Virginia. Um, I prospected with them. Um, end up quitting the Desperados. Uh, what is prospecting? So um, prospecting is, depending on what club you're in, Hells Angels, it's a minimum of a year. Mm -hmm. um, you have to prospect for a year and um, probationary period. Yeah. So you're pretty much saying, you know, going through the motions and, you know, they're testing you, challenging you, making sure yeah. that, um, you know, what they would call a man, you're doing, yeah. you're doing everything that a brother uh, would do or should do. You know what I'm saying? There's not anything that they should make you do that a brother wouldn't do. And that's right. that's one of the parts of being tested, right? You know, standing up for yourself sometimes. So what are some of those things? Well, I mean, standing security for two, three days outside of a clubhouse. Yeah. Um. Because a lot of people are paranoid that the enemy, and they've had things happen too in the club to where, right. you know, enemy clubs and things like that would roll up at parties or, you know, yeah. something, thing, you know, things so of that nature. Being on the lookout, man. Yeah, yeah. So being on the lookout, there was some like bartending going on, which I never got into the bartending thing. I, yeah. I, I'd have to do it sometimes, but majority of the time I was like, look, I'm going to be outside doing security for two or three days. I, yeah. I'm fine with that. Right. Um, inside and like serving drinks. That's, dude, that's yeah. Yeah. Just being like, being the runner yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so what was the question of why so why like, did i get yeah, out why'd right? you get out or why'd you get in why'd you get out you know yeah that, so that whole that whole thing yeah i got in because um man like i said i was trying to chase that feeling man that yeah. high feeling not just with drugs right but just with 
man, I want to, I want to be over here doing this. I want to make a name for myself. Um, you know, I want to run around, party, women, um, like the whole nine yards, fighting and everything. Like yeah. I, I used to love all that, right? Um, yeah. And that's one of the things that brought me to that. And Desperados to a club called the Merciless Souls, and then a club, then Hell's Angels, like yeah. big, big boy stuff. Um, what they would call big boy stuff. Is that is that kind of like a requirement in the biker gang thing do you can you can someone go straight into the hell's angels yeah so you can go okay. yeah you can go straight to prospect yeah but how it worked for me was so i started with the desperados because that's where we were, we were introduced yeah um because at that time i didn't think i you know i didn't want to be in the hell's angels at that time i was yeah. like man i just want to be you know, this offshoot little small yeah. club do our thing in petersburg Get your feet wet, right? yeah, yeah right test it out and see yeah um during that time with the uh, Desperados, I was prospecting, man. It, it was um, during my birthday month, with January. So it was in January. We were out on the bikes and things like that, running around, uh, a patch member and another prospect. And um, we were out, you know, drinking, jumping around on the bikes. And we ended up going to a bar and running into some uh, what we called unfriendlies um, from another, another club. And yeah. there ended up being like a violent altercation during that time. Um, where one of the guys that was with me got hit in the head with an axe handle and mm. his whole head split open. Mm. Um, two of the other guys on the other side, they uh, they got they got beat pretty bad. Um, and I, I'm nobody ever nobody died or anything like that, but people, yeah, they, there were some consequences. I mean, there were some things that happened, like yeah, some bad things that happened that day. Um, like some uh, some I think some shooting happened that day and everything, but. Mm. The reason why I got out of that club was because uh, I, I mean, I can take a guess. Right. Yeah. So, oh, no, it wasn't because okay. of maybe what you're, I don't know yeah, what you're thinking. Yeah. Feel free to, to say, but uh, I got out because when all that happened, I felt like I should have been made a patch member then. Um, so yeah. it was the other yeah, side of it, right? Right, right, right. Not because of the violent yeah. stuff. Like I was at that time, I was cool with the violent stuff. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get so it. You're like, I just earned my stripes. Right. Over Hunt, this, like what's Hunt, going on? Yeah. 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 Go ahead and crown me is how yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, like, if you can't tell I'm invested now, yeah. what else can I do? Yeah, my mindset at the time was these other dudes, like, there's a bunch of old heads in this club, and I'm like, these other dudes, they're not out doing stuff. I'm yeah. the young buck. They're going to want a young buck here, so they should go ahead and patch me. Right. And um, they didn't, so I quit. Yeah. Um, I told, I went in the room and told them, I said, man, I'm done. You know, this is, I felt like I should have been patched, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, so I got out, and then I had some Hells Angels hit me up. Hey man, you know, we want you around us, you know, because they're like, yeah, man, this dude, dude's about the business, you know. Were they there or just just no? Talk? So it was no Hell's Angels there at, yeah. at that place at that time. So um, it's just word of mouth, right? Word of mouth, yeah. and you got to remember this: the club that the friend club that I was in, and they were tight with a lot of those guys, right? Yeah. Um, they're not. I don't know if they're still tight with them now, but yeah. Um, in the day, man, like you know, got around. I, yeah, I had some of them like show up at the house checking on me, yeah. and things like that, but uh. They wanted me to stay in, and two days after that event happened, my house got raided by ATF, um, ATF State Police. Um, Chesterfield was there, Bunny mm -hmm. Heights. So, um, house got raided, and what that boiled down to that that incident at the bar Is it, did that stem from that? Yeah, you getting raided from yeah, that. It stemmed from so that. So cops did get called, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Overall, that. Oh yeah. I didn't know if y'all. Yeah, they I got, assume an outsider called the cops or something. I don't assume y'all call call the cops on each no, other. No, so no, I, I'm pretty sure like the bartender yeah. inside called. I mean, because that's still a, a business. Yeah, it's a business establishment, right? So right they got to right. they got to follow all their protocols, yeah. whether they wanted to or not. Yeah, yeah they yeah. have to. Right. So, um, yeah, that's I, crazy. Yeah, it was real crazy, yeah. and I'm fortunate, you know. So, all that happened. You didn't get crowned or whatever you said. Right. So Patch, you're yeah. patched. So you're like, okay, I want to go somewhere else so you go so from there from there you go and the hell's angels approach you yeah so they they contacted me um was kept on hitting me up about joining their support club like yeah. hey man come join our support club some of them said you can come straight to us if you want yeah okay um but i, I kept saying no for a little bit and then yeah. finally i had that urge that right. itch right i was yeah. like no let's uh let's do it so me and my buddy went up there we went up there um I think we had a prospect for a month and mm -hmm. like normally the requirement six months. They're like, look, man, you already you, you proved your point. We just want to make sure you stay around. So I yeah. prospected for a month and then became a patch member for a club called Immersive Souls. Okay. Um, they're Chester and Virginia beach. And, yeah. um, it was up here 
man, it's like literally five minutes up the street where the clubhouse was for the Merciful mm-hmm. Souls. Um, but yeah, I was in that. I don't remember how long I was in the Souls for. I think it was right at a year, maybe a little bit over, give or take. Yeah. And then I was like, no, nah, man, it's time to step up. Mm. So that's when I started prospecting for Hells Angels. And how long were you with them? Uh, so I prospected for a year, and then I was a member for two and a half years. Okay. And the reason why I got out, man, like like when I got in, it was a, I thought a real tight brotherhood. What well, at the time I thought a brotherhood yeah, from should the, be from the outside looking in. Yeah, yeah. From, from that perspective of of, of a lost soul, right? I'm yeah. like, man, you know, this is this isn't this is a tight brotherhood at the beginning, and then it got to where you could see, and maybe I just wasn't looking at the whole big picture, right? Um, yeah. Maybe I was blinded, but I started started seeing things, including myself. Like, hey, man, these dudes are not a brotherhood right here man these dudes are in it for themselves mm. right like some of the things were going on and i don't want to get into all that detail yeah, yeah um, sure um but you could tell like greediness man people were about themselves it wasn't a tight brotherhood anymore it was yeah. about me 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 and what what the club could do for me and not what i could do for the club right mm-hmm. um which from a christian perspective is the opposite what can i do for everybody else right i'm, I'm called to serve i'm called to serve the world um, my, I'm called to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ, but right. I'm called to go out there and share the gospel. And, yeah. you know, it's, it was a different side of things when I was in the club yeah. and, um, and looking back on it now, I'm very grateful, thankful for how everything happened, man. Even like, I even talk about some of my the sinful issues and we can get into stuff like that. Um, like the drugs, the alcohol and things like that. I, I look, I'm not thankful that I like live that lifestyle, but a part of me, man, that brings humility, right? Yeah. Like when I'm out here, there's certain people that, you know, the pastor in my church can't talk to. Yeah. You know, they might not get through to, right? I can have some real tough conversations with people that are struggling with addiction, that have violent, um, yeah, like have anger issues and things like that. I can have tough conversations and can relate to them a little bit more, right? Um, show a little right. bit more empathy than what somebody else that doesn't know about that lifestyle. So, yeah. Um, I will say one thing about my past, man. It, Makes it, I, for the majority, for the more majority part, I think I'm a humble dude. Yeah. Um, and just because I look back and I realize how, how wretched of a person I was, man. I was, a, I was, I was, it was horrible. Right. Um, yeah. Well, it's just great hearing your story, bro, about how you are already leveraging your past yeah. to improve your future. And you said you came to Christ about like, what did you say, two years ago? It was, it was, uh, I would say November. 2020 so like yeah. in that time frame yeah. right um so so not even quite two years yeah. and you look at how much you've changed yeah and i bet you you know you're you're probably living a lifestyle that's radically different sure like go out on a limb here yeah um <laughs> yeah. and and i believe that everything that happens to us in our past right whether it's it's uh addiction drugs alcohol whether it's women uh, whether it's, you know, trouble with uh, the law and, and jail time, anything like that. And we've got a lot of our guys in men's alliance with all that stuff. Right. And a lot of our listeners with all that stuff. And I think it's important for all of us men to know that like that happened to you for a reason. And God will use that to help you reach more men for him. Right. Like it's not something about our past that we should, um, like be embarrassed about right. or pretend it didn't happen or try to pretend we don't have these, these past uh, demons in our closet or whatever, but we should actually like embrace it and tell the story, right? Because that's part of God's story yeah. and he's going to use that. Right. And I think a lot of men make a mistake by uh, not sharing their stories, pretending like they don't have this past. And when you, when you keep quiet about your story, you're actually robbing the men around you about that right and when we share it we actually strengthen sharpen the men around us and it's a very powerful thing right i mean how many men in the bible do we read about that don't have a redemption story yeah i mean all of them they all (laughs) i mean that's why they made it into the bible you know what i mean (laughs) because they you know were one way god intervened and they i mean saul to paul was one of them you know what i mean i mean he killed christians yeah so no then i mean that's pedals had a um a devotion last night that's one thing that he was talking about like the genealogy of uh the incarnate christ right um just talking about 
you know, we talked about David and we talked about Jacob and those are all dudes that had their own problems, right? People would yeah. say Jacob was a deceiver, right? People would, we know what David was, man. David yeah. was a man after God's own heart. Right. God said that before all that stuff happened. And at the end of the day, God already knew what was going to happen, exactly. right? That's why it's his plan. David's always been my favorite. He's been so relatable right. to me and my, sure. we have the same strengths, the same weaknesses. We yeah. were both, you know, warriors. We both, you know, lust after women yeah you know what i mean yeah and uh he's just the old one of i think two or three people that god has only ever called a man after his own heart you know right. what i mean so yeah dave is my boy i can't wait to do a podcast with him in heaven <laughs> there you go uh, the kingdom I like that. Yeah. all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna hear more of the story from knuckles Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. All right, so we are back with uh, Knuckles, and he was just sharing with us his story and a, and a piece of, uh, you know, the the story of your life that you were telling us that we were just talking about over break that I just want to come back to is, um, you know, was there any time in your, in your life, in your childhood that you, that you had gone to church? Did you, did you grow up in that environment? How were you raised in, in, in regards to, you know, church life? Yeah. So I did go to church with my grandma. So my grandma was, uh, you know, she was, she was in Christ, uh, she passed uh, back early twenties, but um, I would go into churches with her. Uh, a couple in Petersburg, I remember a few in Colony Heights. I went to, um, I think twice. I probably walked down the aisle, said the, what's it called, the Sinner's Prayer. Um, said the Sinner's Prayer, and uh, went on about my life. You know, I was I was a teenage kid. I knew what was up. Um, you know, that's no excuse. Uh, I, I went down, said a little prayer, and walked away. Like, but like I said earlier, even the demons believe in shudder. So, mm-hmm. um. And even after that, you know, I, I didn't truly believe that there was a God. I think I would be more on atheist agnostic spectrum uh, with that. But, um, yeah, I would go to church with her. Um, my family environment, uh, father, uh, mother, uh, my mother will occasionally like, come to church now. I don't remember doing too much uh, with my dad and my mom, like, in church or anything. I think they would uh, – drop us off at some areas, uh, at some churches. And then um, I think that if I had to, I'm assuming right now, but if I had to guess the reason why they would drop us off is so they could go do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, using church as a babysitter. Yeah, exactly, 100%. You know, I like what you were saying because about like you, you went down the aisle, you said the you said the sinner's prayer, but you, you had a belief, but even the demons believe. Yeah. Right? There's no magic words to say right i think that's important for people to understand right like you don't become a christian by saying a certain prayer yeah or walking down an aisle those things don't make you a christian uh anybody can do those things and not be a christian at the same time you can be a christian and not do any of those things right it has to do with your mindset right it has to do with putting your trust in jesus as your savior right and so i think i think personally i mean nobody nobody knows this but just personally, I think that America is full of people that go to church, have prayed that prayer, have walked down aisles, and and they've absolutely never put their trust in Jesus as their savior. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, a lot it's just, of it's just religious activity for sure. Instead of a, an actual heart change. Right. Yeah. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah. So, you know, you, you live that life. You you grew up, you went down some aisles, you said some prayers, you know. Then you, then you drifted away for, for a number of years, right? And I want to just go back to what we were talking about with um, 
the day you, the day you quit, the day you walked away from Hell's Angels. Tell us about that day. Yeah, so um, the week before that, um, we were all at, at the table. You know, I, I get into a little bit of detail, but it's nothing that uh, I don't think it's anything crazy. They brought up a, a guy like wanting to be a hang around in the club, and um, you know, at the time, this way my mom's at work, so uh, this guy was. You know, there's a lot of evidence out there that he was a snitch and things like that. And, you know, some of the people in the club, I think, wanted him around for his money because he had money and things. Um, So I got pissed what's off. A, what's a hangaround? So a hangaround is before the prospect stage. So um, not everybody has to be a hangaround. Um, yeah. But uh, normally, what, you know, hangaround. We're kinda, just going to let him hang out with us. Yeah, hang out get with us. Get to know him a little yeah. bit before we allow him to prospect. Yeah. Um, Because when you prospect, there's things that you're going to know yeah. or see when you're out with the members and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Normally, the hangarounds are just up at the clubhouse. It's just, a, yeah, time to build some trust. Yeah, tr yeah, yeah. 100%. So um, I got I got mad that night. Uh, I was supposed to do a uh, watch up at the clubhouse, and, uh, and I was like, what I was thinking at the time was after this, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um. You know, I told the prospect up there, I was like, hey, man, you do my watch. I'm leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I'm not, I'm not doing my watch tonight. So, uh, that whole week went by, man. I, a couple of members called me because they knew that I was like really pissed off. And because you were patched. Yeah, I was patched. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were patched and you're basically having to do a watch. No, well, so everybody's got to do a watch. Okay. Like, patch okay. Even yeah, patches. Yeah. Okay. Patch member. Yeah. So that's all uh, patch members and prospects can uh, do watches and, Different clubhouses are different, right? Depends gotcha. on what, what area you're in. Uh, Virginia is, you know, there's different motorcycle clubs in Virginia that are um, at odds with with one another. So you got the Mongols, you got Pagans, and then you have Hell's Angels. So that's the reason for doing the, you know, the watches in this area. Sure. Um, so I was supposed to, like, that's a big thing. Like, if you have a watch, you're supposed to do your watch. Um, and, you know, you can ask other people to, uh, like, you know, hey, man, I need you to do my watch because I got this going on with the family or this going on. Um, but that night I was, I just told the prospect, Hey man, you're doing my watch. I'm leaving. And, um, left, um, went, went to work throughout the week. At that time I was working, I was working at Microsoft. That was before I went to Facebook, uh, through a third party. And, um, they would, you know, call me up, talk to me throughout the week and they could just tell I was pissed off. And, um, I put all my stuff into the bag. I had trash bags full of like member stuff, belts, shirts, everything. And, um, at the night, the next, I think it was the next Friday I got up there. Um, I had a couple guys sitting down the street just in case, uh, you know, they didn't hear from me by a certain time. I mean, that's what, you know, you got, you have to, your, your mind has to go to, to the, the worst case scenario, um, in a situation like that. So, and I also told, uh, my dad and everything, um, Hey, I'm going to quit tonight. So if you don't hear from me, you know, what's up. Yeah. Um, so went in there, uh, the president of the charter, Pulled him in the back room. I was like, hey, man, um, I'm done with this. Uh, my heart's not in this anymore. I'm stepping away. Um, hope nothing but the best for you guys. But, uh, you know, I can't stay into something where I can't give him all. And um, Were you nervous? I, no. Or just more more pissed off than anything else? Or I were think you just I, like, I don't care? Like, I, it's whatever. Whatever yeah, happens, at, happens. Yeah, at that point, man, it was like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I had a, you know, man, I'm, I'm just done. Right. Um, when I was sitting around at the table uh, with all the members and stuff like that, uh, I, I think I had probably had a little anxiety, maybe a little. I was a yeah. little nervous, right? Because what's going to happen? Um, you know, worst case, you know, something I, I could get right. beat bad, die yeah. or something like that. You know, they they could really mess me up. It's you know, a bunch of dudes sitting around the table. I can't. Yeah, you know, I might be able to get, you know, one or two do right. something, but all of them, no, there's no way. Right. Um, and then. The other side of that is, you know, like I told you all out there, when I went in there, I was I was in there, um, you know, loaded up. I had a, uh, two guns in my back pocket just in case something went down, right? Right. Um, ready. Hey, worst case scenario. But uh, them dudes were man. Them dudes were they were good with everything. I think they could see um, the light at the end of the tunnel. That you know, yeah. like hey man, he's gonna end up going because a month before that, a month or two months before I quit. Um, there's a thing called 86 where you can 86 yourself off things. And I 86 myself at the time off of drugs, mm -hmm. um, with no partying or anything like that, because I was at that time I was trying to get over my drug addiction. Yeah. Um, obviously couldn't do that. The only one that could do that, uh, through, uh, for me was Christ. Uh, right. The Holy spirit was the only one that was able to do that. Right. Um, but yeah, I went in there talked to the president he was like, all right, I'm, he's like, I'm going to bring it up 
at, at the uh, at the beginning of church. Um, you know, at the time, I think I was a secretary. So he's like, just give your, you know, the notes to somebody else and uh, bring it up and you just tell them why. So I told I told everybody, you know, what was up. Like, hey, man, I'm leaving. I'm done. Um, and for our listeners, uh, church is your meetings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So church is it's not, not the church that we think. <laughs> yeah, it's a different I church. Like, yeah, I was like, wait a second. I yeah, love yeah. that. When you guys get together and have meetings, you call it church. church. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, That's yep. funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. So they just like, all right, was anybody upset with you or were they just like, all right, good luck, bro? No, there was a couple of people I think that knew that it was coming, uh, yeah. a couple of people that were shocked. And then um, two of the members got up, walked me out, and one was in tears. Yeah. And um, I actually saw that member uh, the other day at the gas station. Him, I talked, I got his number and everything. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Uh, he's He was locked up for a little bit. Um and I, th- I think he's on a no contact, so I need to reach out to him. I want to talk to him over the phone first. But uh, he, I asked him. I said, "Man, are you in church? Are you, you know, are you involved in like any church? Are you going? Are you know, are you, you know, seeking the Lord?" And he was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I've been going to church and stuff, but I don't know where he's at with the club phase, right? Because right. he was locked up and he's on this no contact. What's going on over there? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, uh, I think all of us would agree with this. You can't stay in an environment like that. Yeah, and." being christ or if you are there's major consequences god's going to bring major consequences uh for staying in something like that do you think there's more guys that are in your position that want to get out but don't because they're afraid of the consequences i don't know um i'm gonna be honest man i think a lot of guys stay in that because that's that's all they have like you know there's dudes that a lot some of them got out the military and they had that band of brothers in the military so they think the club life is a band of brothers and i'm not saying like you know depending on their background and their upbringing and things, right? Um, to them, it could be a band of brothers. But yeah. uh, just over time, I think, you know, you'll start seeing that. Um, just for just, you personally, it wasn't. Yeah. You yeah. know, men, that's just such, uh, speaking of volumes, to men need a tribe. Yeah. Right? Whether you were in the military or a motorcycle club or men's alliance, right, or, or whatever, the Masons, yeah. Moose Lodge, you know, knights of columbus like men need to belong to a tribe it's just how it's just how we're wired yeah yeah. so you you walked away from that life and um tell us how how did you find out about men's alliance so i found out through tide but uh it's it's all crazy dude it's all crazy how god works um so western heights i was at western heights i'd you know go to wednesday night bible study sunday school things like that and uh Todd would mention Delta Tribe, and I was like, man, there's no way that I can get up to Midlothian during the week after working at Facebook. I think I was at Facebook at the time. I was like, there's no way I can get up there and come to it. I was like, if something comes, like, in this area, you know, I'm more than happy to to go to something. And, um, like, my pastor at my church, uh, that's one thing that, uh, you know, I, I think that our church needs as a uh, men's group. And I, maybe eight months a year ago, I asked him. I said, "Man, what's uh, what's up with a men's group here? We don't have one." Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, "Man, it kind of COVID and some other things came up, and kind of just <laughs> fell at the wayside." So, I honestly, I, you know, I was in prayer with the Lord, like, "Hey, like, show me some type of men's group. I need a men's group. I need to be, I need to be held accountable. I need to be encouraged. I need to be walking with brothers that can that are older and things like that that can show me areas that they." Well, the Lord used them in tremendous ways in areas where they've been disobedient to the Lord, and then they can mentor me, and I, I, I can learn from another man's experience. You knew um, exactly what you needed. Right, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it wasn't there. Yeah, right. It wasn't available. Yeah. So uh, so Todd, um, he he was telling you about Men's Alliance. There wasn't one near you. Yeah. Which, by the way, this is, this is really, like, hitting me personally, right? Like, this is so why we need more tribes yeah right we we can you know we're, we're we're growing but we want to reach more guys like you yeah right and we got to put more tribes where guys are so how'd you uh how'd you get plugged in with zulu so todd uh todd hit me up and said uh hey look man um we're gonna have uh men's alliance at uh hopewell at the beacon and the hopewell that's probably 30 minutes from my house it's a little bit more easier to get there and plus monday nights i do something else on monday nights afterwards in that area so i was like well i talked to the wife i was like look i can hit the beacon um for men's alliance and then i can go do my thing afterwards and she's yeah. like yeah that's that sounds fine i said you know i've been praying on this and 
I think God is opening this door for me to go and be a part of a men's group. Um, and that's like one thing that I do want to say, like, this isn't like a program, like another program. And that's what I like about it. The, the part of the workout is, you know, the point of the workout is an icebreaker. And then men are coming together and leading a devotion. So that's one thing. It's like if you see a lot, and again, I'm not attacking the church. The church is um, the Lord's bride. You know, yeah. I'm not saying anything negative about that. But if you see in American churches these days, that's one thing that I notice is throughout a bunch of churches, men are not stepping up in churches and doing doing things that they're called to do. Right? Oh my gosh, for sure. So th- that's one thing that I like about Men's Alliance. There's, you know. Hey man, like somebody step up and lead a devotion this week, and it's not just one dude every week leading like a Bible study. It's That's right. You're not going to come men. sit there and be a consumer, right? You're not going to come sit in a yeah. in a uh, seat and leave, yeah, and do that every week. Yeah, you're yeah. going to get involved, man. That's awesome. So you you had not known uh, pedals until you went. Yeah, from That's what how I, you met pedals. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah, yeah. And then there's a guy that I brought that knew pedals because they worked on the fire department together. But yeah, I remember. That first time, I think it was Sunshine that was there, Pedals. Um, was a dude named Teach there the first night? Um, I think a guy named Teach was there. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, it was – and a couple of guys from the Beacon showed up. And, uh, man, I've been there every week. I think I missed one because of the baby. So you were hooked. Yeah, man. First hooked. time. Yeah. And it's not like – I'm not saying hooked like from a perspective of where now that's an idol. But I – like right. we all need – right, right, right. Like, we You're need like, to, this is for me. Yeah, I need yeah. to I need to be here, right? I need to hear pedal story. I need to share my story. We also need to talk about, you know, what men are called to be in their household. Like everybody will sit here and say, you'll hear like a common thing in the church, right? Not, not everybody's called to teach. Well, every man is called to teach in their house. <laughs> That's, right. So That's you, right. You're called to be the spiritual leader in your house. Yeah. You might not know. I mean, when we talk about you know, there's a lot of different doctrines and things like, you know, like the secondary tertiary things. You <laughs> might not be fluent on that. Right? right. Well, you are called to be fluent on the primary things. That's you, right. The basics. You, yeah. You need to sit there and teach your kids, do Bible studies with your kids. And that's one thing that I like about men's Alliance. And when we go back to like my early childhood and stuff like that, I, I didn't have that. Right. Um, I, I was telling you all the, the first time I ever saw a porn video, I was two and a half years old. Wow. Um, you know, it was a, a, a video left inside of a VCR and another one of the areas that I struggle in is lust. Right. Um, the Lord has really helped me out with porn addiction and things like that. Yeah. But um, seeing different things in my, in my parents, how they treated each other. And then, um, you know, with infidelity and things like that. And then we, even with the guy, my mom remarried, I think that's, you know, some of the things that influenced me on the violent side of things was uh, he was very uh, verbally abusive to my mother and him and I would get into physical altercations like in my teenage years and things like that. Mm. And, um, that's why it's, it's pivotal, man. It's it like men need to be involved in some type of men's group, holding them accountable and just being able to encourage one another in a, from a biblical perspective. Um, and I think men's Alliance does that. And that's one thing that I would challenge and ask everybody that's in men's Alliance or even a man listening to this that isn't, you know, who are you influencing in your life? You know, are you influencing somebody? Cause we should be influencing somebody from a biblical perspective, yeah. not from a worldly perspective. Yeah. So. Man, that's so good. Um, what's, what would you say is like the difference, like compare for us a little bit, the, uh, the difference of let's talk brotherhood, uh, banner brothers camaraderie between, uh, the hell's angels and men's alliance. Yeah. So, like like majority of what I saw, at least in the the charter that I was in, towards the end of it, like people got with Hell's Angels, people got to the point of they were in it for themselves. So I think true colors were starting to shine in that, um, to where it was about people would have the mindset of me, 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 not what I can do for you, you, you. Um, when it comes to men's alliance, you know, like what I saw at all tribes, I you know I go to Zulu, Zulu's got I, they've had a great turnout six to 12 guys steady uh during the week and um there's men that come up and you know walk in the zulu tribe off the street yeah. it's right there in a prime time spot uh-huh. in hopewell like right yeah. in the city there, there's guys that randomly showed up there um but you know with the all trials what i saw this weekend man it was different people out there serving like they were coming to serve and give their time for their brothers and that's what i see a brotherhood 
And like, if, you know, when we look in scripture community, right, we're called to serve other people, not to be served. If we look at Christ, the ultimate work that he's done for us and everything, his whole life was about his whole, you know, incarnate life was about serving even yeah, even now like he's still serving for us. Right. He's at the right hand side of the Father, yeah. and he's always serving us, intervening for us, interceding for us. And you know, I I do see that in men's alliance. Like guys are out there, you know, encouraging one another, building each other up. Um, you know, there's a guy cooking breakfast this week. There was a, you know, people were out there setting up workout stations. Guys planning a devo, and I'm pretty sure in his devo. You know, like with what I do, I can reach out to other people. Like if I'm not sure something in scripture, I'm like, all right, well, now I need to hit up another brother or a brother over here and make sure that I'm understanding this uh, scripture correctly. And you know what right. I'm saying? So did Oh, it, yeah. There was so much teamwork going on right, at yeah. that All Tribes. It was incredible. When I rolled up there, um, and I thought I was getting there early that morning, right? Yeah. And I rolled up and uh, I was just going to make the coffee. Yeah. Right. And there's a guy, there's like already a fire going. Right. Yeah. Right. There's torches lit, there's tires, there's hammers, everything's set up. And another team is working on breakfast, yeah. right? And, and like that workout was so incredibly orchestrated to, to run 65 guys through like a seven station workout, right? It just yeah. screamed uh, teamwork and brotherhood, yeah. right? Yeah. Seeing, seeing all those men doing doing their part and working having um, each guy at a station demonstrating the workout that beforehand. was cool i was like that was that was efficient right <laughs> that there. was next level yeah, yeah. very that efficient was, good job ranger yeah that was good <laughs> all right but, so um so you've been in uh zulu tribe and men's alliance for about how long roughly since march oh wow so, yeah. okay so well, just uh you know about half a year or yeah. so um and then tell tell the listener what's getting ready to happen uh, in the near future at your church. Yeah, so at Western Heights, uh, Dinwoody County, Western Heights on Cox Road. Uh, talked to the pastors the other day. They're all good with it. Um, actually, the pastor reached out to me, the youth pastor or associate pastor reached out to me and was like, hey, man, you know, I really want to talk about this men's alliance thing. Um, and I, I talked to, you know, our head pastor maybe a month and a half before that, and he got he, he's been busy. I've been busy because newborn baby and everything. I just didn't, you know, I was like, I'm going to get with him sometime. And uh, the associate pastor reached out to me and was like, hey, can we talk about this men's alliance thing? <laughs> you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we need something like this. And uh, we all met at lunch and met for lunch and went out and talked about it. And, uh, and they're on board with it. So October 11th at 7 p.m., uh, it's on a Tuesday, every other Tuesday, af every Tuesday after that, not every other Tuesday, every Tuesday after that, uh, we're going to be meeting up and doing – uh, men's alliance at the church so. that's awesome man that's getting great. ready to you, you know you went from being in the hell's angels to being in men's alliance and now you are launching a men's alliance tribe yeah right yeah and let me just tell you man uh if you want to know knuckles just what i've gathered what i've heard about him what i've seen here he's just a dangerous christian let me unravel that a bit he's and obviously in your past, you're a guy who doesn't, who makes a decision or does something, doesn't care about the consequences. Right. You know what I mean? And I think we need more men like that. If you can be that way, not a Christian, and then you add Jesus into your life, that's, that's a dangerous man right there. You yeah. know what I mean? So who can do what needs to be done? Like just when you said, Hey, oh, I'm not doing my watch, you know, like who yeah. cares? Like you have, you're a man of conviction. You know, you don't care what the repercussions are. And that's how we need to be as Christians, you know, as yes, Christian men in this, you know, have a conviction, do what you know is right and don't care about the consequences. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to have that. I don't give a crap attitude. You that's know right. What I mean? yeah. So, you know, if one you thing, want a good tribe leader, go to his, you know, I can tell he's going to be putting out some good stuff. It's so, going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, what that, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Shadow. Um, that's one of the things like we just can't say often enough in men's alliance and we have a podcast it's like one of our old ones um i think it's called savage for god right yeah. but i just feel like men need to hear the message that god is not trying to get you to stop being a savage right he just wants you to be a savage for him yeah savage right? for him. yeah yeah like 100%. he made us to be warriors right he yeah. made us to be uh dangerous there's nothing wrong with that he doesn't want to take that out of us he just wants to Right. direct it and guide it in the right channels for him right. yeah man i'm so excited for you bro yeah um god is 
using you so mightily and he's going to continue to do so. And I can't wait to see what happens uh, down in Petersburg at your, at your church. Um, by the way, as I was updating the information, as you were sending it to me for, for launching it at, at uh, Western Heights, it hit me that over the next month, we're launching tribes at a Baptist church, a Lutheran church, and a Methodist church all in the same month. Right. And I think, I think that's the way it should be for, for a men's ministry. For sure. Right. Yeah. We're already at assemblies of God. We're already at Presbyterian. We're already at a Mennonite yeah. church. Like we're, we're all over the place. Right. Because we're, like you said, like you don't need to focus on the secondary and tertiary things. Right. Yeah, right. Like let's focus on what's important yeah. and let's get men in the church stepping up and leading, stepping up and leading in their homes with their families. Right. Um, that's the message we want to get out there. And that's what men's Alliance is for. Yeah. Zulu uh, actually voted on the name last night. Uh, let the Brett, uh, let the guys from Zulu bro, uh, vote on it. And they, uh, they voted on 40th. So 40th stands for, I think it was from what I saw was from one of the Olympic games. That's right. It stands for stronger. Yeah. So, nice. Latin, Latin for, for strength, yeah. man. Yeah. I love it, dude. That's a strong Four, name. 40th tribe. Nice. Well, knuckles dude it's been so great talking with you uh just personally like i said just getting to hear your story and just have this conversation with you and um and just thank you so much for your time for coming up here and recording this with us and i know that um there's gonna be so many men that hear this and are encouraged and are motivated because of your story yeah thank you all for having me and allowing me to share my story hopefully uh god will use it for his glory so. awesome man thanks thanks for listening to another episode of the men's alliance podcast find your tribe at men's alliance tribe.com or maybe you're the man to start one in your area and send us your questions or comments to info at men's alliance tribe.com we'd love to hear from you and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon